Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. If you're coming from the street with dirty shoes on your feet, that's a technical foul. If you switch the radio to some modern music show, that's a technical foul. If you touch the thermostat, you'll get hit with a bat. Cause that's a technical foul. You will feel my rats. a technical foul. Personal file, 69, office. He was giving them the business. A technical foul. Welcome back to the Saturday show here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. Michelle Bodkin, Jay Catch, along for the ride here on the Saturday show. It is time, as you heard, for technical fouls. Uh, and I actually want to start off with Sarah's here because uh, it's it's one of those things. Because people are freaking out about this, but it happens. It just so happened that this gets a bigger profile because it happens in New York. Go ahead. All right. So I don't even follow baseball, but when I saw this, I was like, this is my technical foul. Okay. It has to be. So it's a good one. Mets... I was go with, if, you, if you didn't go with it, I was going to go with it. So, yeah. <laughs> so the Mets all-star closer was playing in the World Basketball Classic game against... Edwin Diaz. Yep. Against the Dominican Republic. He played for Puerto Rico. They mm-hmm. won, and he injures himself, tears his patellar tendon... Yep. ...in the celebration... Yes. ...of the win. After throwing a perfect ninth inning to close it out. Yes. And most likely will be out for the 2023 season. It's an eight-month recovery, yeah. roughly. Yeah. Ridiculous. Like, come on. During the celebration. Not during the game. The I, celebration. Well, and here's the thing about this. It's caused all kinds of people to say that the World Baseball Classic, which he is participating in, needs to be done away with, blah, 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 blah. Okay, here's the problem. Gavin Lux, who is expected to be the Los Angeles Dodgers star shortstop this year, a week into spring ball, tears his ACL running the bases in a spring training game. People are like, well, he's playing in a meaningless game. Okay, there's nothing more meaningless than a spring training game, and you lost a potential all-star shortstop to a torn ACL. So should we do away with spring training games? Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. I know Diaz pretty well because he actually was the Mariners' closer before he got traded to New York. He's really, really good. And it's unfortunate. It's, I, I, we were talking on the break about this. Christian Zendejas was an Arizona Cardinals kicker who did a backflip, landed and tore his ACL after kicking a game-winning field goal. 
Crap happens. Folks. It happens. But I just it feel bad for the guy, yes. but it made me chuckle because I was like, really? Come on. <laughs> the good news for him in baseball, <laughs> he has a hundred and two million dollar contract, and guess what? Every single diamond penny of that thing is guaranteed. Good for him. All right. Yay. All right. Uh, Michelle, I'm going to go with mine real quick because I want to get to yours last. Okay. Um, so Dan Orlovsky is an ESPN personality. Uh, he's got he's famous for having run out of the back of the end zone, if you recall, mm-hmm. uh, playing for that 0-16 Detroit Lions team. Uh, I missed this until I was reading this just barely. But on social media this week, uh, he was talking about uh, how many times he uses his towel to dry himself off after his shower. Uh, he was uh, talking uh, with Marlon Humphrey, who's an NFL safety, and uh, Marlon Humphrey said he wants like a full body, like you know, like those the air blowers that dry your hands off in certain. Right. Way. He wants like a full body one of those. If if he like say why hasn't that been invented yet? Well, Dan Orlovsky responds to his tweet because uh, Marlon Humphrey said, "Does anyone really like towels though?" Dan Orlovsky responds, to "This question is: How many times do you use a towel post shower till you throw it in the laundry?" I'm like 30 times or so till it goes in. 30 times? You go a month? <laughs> um. <laughs> like. Um. It, people are responding. Tom Hart, you are a disgusting human being. Humphrey, 30 times. Honestly, I don't know about that many, LOL. Sam Monson, a pro football focus. By that time, the tell just walks itself to the laundry, doesn't it? <laughs> that. Basically. He really um, exposed himself. Why would yeah. you say that? I, I mean, you Why have would you to admit to that? Look, here's the thing. Like, we humans, we're disgusting. And we try to sure. play like we are not disgusting. I'm as disgusting as a human being. My wife will tell you. I use a towel for at least like a week straight or whatever. And she'll be like, I'm tossing it. I'm like, okay, great. 30 times? Yeah. Even for me, who I'm a dude, that's a bit much. Well, at some, time, at some point in time, it does get crusty. Like it does, yeah. Starts to smell a little and, bit. And that's maybe like the cue. It needs to go to the laundry. A little musty. Oh, yeah, thirty times. Okay, here's the thing. He's not the only one who agreed with him on this. Ryan Leaf, the former Charger, obviously does yeah. stuff with the Pac-12 now. Responded also on social. There's a trail of this. This is on social media. Oy. I'm probably right there with you, Dan. Thirty or so reminds me. I need to go wash my shower to- oh, towel. <laughs> We all have our things, but that doesn't mean yeah. you need to openly expose yourself and admit to it on social media. No, that that's for you and you alone to know about. Oh and maybe your significant other, if such a thing exists. <laughs> well, yeah, so, you know, good times, apparently. Dan Orlovsky and Ryan Leaf apparently don't wash their towels very often. Anyways. Yeah. All right, Michelle, okay. what do you have for us? Uh, so I am going back to all the drama between the Big 12 and the Pac-12. Okay. I feel like the story has, taking, has taken a crazy shift. It, give it three days and it shifts. But yeah, it, it might shift back. Yeah. Like, I mean, you just don't know. Yes. But it's now potentially looking like people were maybe paid or persuaded in some way to report on stuff that was not true. Yeah, there are allegations that Endeavor, a PR firm, has been influencing some of the storylines, especially from the Big 12 side of things. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're a PR firm that's worked with a bunch of different sports clients, but they've been contracted with the Big 12. There's allegations out there uh, that they essentially have been, I say, influencing some of the storylines. Right. 
Now, I, to my knowledge, I have not seen a paper trail of this. It Correct. will be interesting to see if anything ultimately gets uncovered. Mm-hmm. But just the fact that we're even having this conversation, uh, you know, shame on us as an industry that it's gone to a point where people don't know whether or not they can trust you and trust whether or not you're vetting sources out and double and triple checking before you report on something. And, And even, you know, giving a shadow of a doubt that maybe people are taking money Mm -hmm. and not, even investing themselves in doing the job. That's just so criminally wrong. Uh, And again, this is sports. We're not reporting on things that save lives or, you know, it's all for fun. And so if you start start having these questions about something that's really just supposed to be fun, it opens up a whole can of worms Mm -hmm. as to, well, what about the serious stuff? There's a thing called credibility out there, and as a sports journalist, you you want to have that credibility because when you go with a report, you want people to be like, okay, if they say this, there's likely you know some truth, or they're on the right track, or if it ends up not being right, yeah. they'll be the bigger person and say, hey, I found evidence that shows that it's actually X, Y, and Z when mm-hmm. I thought it was A, B, and C to start. Correct. And so the, the the situation at hand here is there are people that it's very clearly defined. I actually described this. I was on my podcast, Locked on Cougars, talking about this. We have, I'm calling the Pac-12 camp, mm-hmm. and we have the Big 12 camp. And in, in some ways, it reflects kind of the political structure of our country. Oh, 1,000%. There, there's one side of the aisle, aisle. There's two sides of the aisle. You're on one side of them. And there are media personalities, writers, talking heads, radio hosts, whatever, that are on one side or the other and are propagating their side, their truth versus – and the interesting part, as you talked about, is that if these allegations of this Endeavor group, if they have truly influenced media members, let's say on the Big 12 side of the aisle over here, to go and spew and report and say things over here, and there's a paper trail of it, that is going to forever alter the credibility of those journalists. The thing about and I'll also say this, as journalists slash in our case, in my, well, in my case, I work in radio. You're obviously you're doing more written. You're you're more of a capital J journalist than yeah. I believe, consider myself to be. You're never going to bat one thousand. No, you're never going to be perfect. No, but you also don't want to be hitting three hundred. Right. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids. Doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson. And unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. 
Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Right. And so, and just to kind of wrap this whole thought up, because yeah. I've been doing my own digging. Yes, you've been doing great work. I've been yeah. try, trying to, to me, it looks like the Big 12 stuff uh-huh. is a bunch of bunk. I haven't been able to find any proof. I will happily change my opinion if someone can point me in that direction. I have yet to have that happen. But the one scary thing that has Mm -hmm. come out from asking around about stuff is I had one source tell me, you are the first person that has ever come and asked me if anything is true. Interesting. That is horrifying. Yeah. That is horrifying. Well. It's our job to ask questions (laughs) and try and find the truth. Well, and that, that that's the thing about this is it's going to be interesting to see where things ultimately pan out. Like, I'll say it again. I still fully expect the, the Pac-12 or 10 schools to stick together. Mm-hmm. I still expect them to get a media rights deal. My biggest thing is the posturing that's going on amongst – and we're, I'm not talking about the media. I'm talking about now from the – there was uh, Rob, Robbins from Arizona spoke oh, out, yeah. Michael Crow from Arizona State, Mark, Mark Harlan here on our station spoke out. The posturing that's going on is going to be interesting to see where where the actual numbers lie and how it's all going to shake out. I think that they are going to stick together for the time being. The only issue I am going to have with it, it, it just, the way I'm perceiving it right now, is that I don't want them to come out and say, we're, we're in lockstep for forever. Oh, no, that's ridiculous. Yeah. This is just... To get through until the next deal. Uh-huh. And then everything's up for debate it's again. Ba- it's back it's back into the mixer, yeah. And, and here's oh gosh, we need to we need to go to break. Here's the thing though, is from my perspective, uh-huh. I think everybody's a little too comfortable that it's obviously going to go the next round, the Big Ten and the SEC are gonna break everything up. I yeah. think there's two other possibilities that happen. And that's you see people going back to where they started from. So UCLA mm-hmm. and USC going back to the Pac twelve because of the college football yeah. playoff and, and the easier path. The other thing I can also see as a potential is that somehow the ACC, Pac-12, and Big 12 kind of merge and come up with their own to try and counter. Yeah. I, I just think there's more possibilities of what could happen in the next five to six years than what people are actively talking about and thinking about. And there's probably two or three options out there that we're not talking about because it's just so out there. And until all the pieces <laughs> fall into place, like no one would ever guess that that would be a place that all this could go. But I just don't I want to encourage people that if it feels very obvious, it's probably not necessarily the answer. Like a lot changes mm-hmm. in five, six, ten years. Yeah, well, and to your point, if there is a paper trail, it's going to forever alter perception of certain, whoever whoever gets caught up in that. The other, the other thing, the, uh, we really do hit a break. <laughs> I'm going to add one, one final note on this, is that wherever it shakes out, nobody in many ways has covered themselves completely in glory on either side. Let's be no. clear. But the, it's just so funny to me because there are people who are like staking almost everything on this individual story. And I'm like, this is not the story that necessarily you want to like, this is not the hill to die on. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a fun story and it's generated millions of clicks for everybody involved. My podcast, your coverage at KSLsports.com, a million other websites who have covered it. It's generated all kinds of intel. But the, the almost like all or nothing 
feeling with certain people and staking their reputations on this. I'm just like, yeah, I don't know that it's quite worth that because again, <laughs> unless you're in that room, yeah. you don't know. You don't know. Well, and really the only people who truly know are Klyovkov, his group of people inside the Pact Walls, and then the truly even some of the ADs may not know all of the details. Mm-hmm. It's the chancellors and university presidents. So uh, Taylor Randall up at Utah, Robert C. Robbins at Arizona, Michael Crow at Arizona State. Those, those are the people yeah. who have the full picture. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Anyways, <laughs> crazy, crazy times. And it, you're right. If the Big 12, it does come out that they were tampered with or the media were being influenced and I guess vice versa, also the same thing on the – Nobody's going to come out of this looking great. If that, if that, if there truly is that paper trail, Oof. wait and see. Yeah, I know. It's another, just... another case study, perhaps. <laughs> Crazy times. All right, we will come back. We're actually going to stick with the college football side of things. We're actually going to talk about on the field. Uh, Utah going to be beginning spring ball this week. BYU just finished uh, their second week. We'll talk more about that. This is the Saturday show right here on ninety-seven point five FM, the KSL Sports Zone. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.